the best advice I can give myself as a stepdad is to embrace our separate journeys. These journeys are at the root of our individuality, but sharing in them is the cornerstone of life as a family. Hi there, my name is Philip Hartman and Being Dad is a show for dads. I meet and speak to unique dads, asking them to impart their wisdom and to share their experiences as dads with us. My next dad, Eric Narman, is an amazing entrepreneur and inspiring dad. He grew up in war-torn Lebanon, he studied in the US and now lives in Canada. Eric was married for six years before getting divorced and meeting Cleo, who had a seven-year-old son, and so Eric became a stepdad. In a session, Eric shares about his own upbringing in Lebanon and we talk about resilient family units. We discuss the unique role of a stepdad in the family matrix and how to build a relationship and trust with a child that is not your own. Eric shares how he has approached discipline and influence and how he was very intentional and very careful about forging a relationship with his stepson without alienating the father or overstepping boundaries. He has amazing insights on how to turn a difficult situation into something very positive and I found the session super inspirational and it's truly filled with great stories and lots of value. The most powerful takeaways for me as a dad were, as a stepdad, don't try to replace or disparage the father and never take away glory from him. Be supportive of all your child's endeavors. You should always be working at the relationship with your wife and kids and Ask your kids about their dreams and do share yours. As you know, I do give keynote speeches on how we can empower dads and facilitate family success based on the learnings from these sessions. If you'd like to book a talk with me, please do reach out via dedicated.com or simply use my LinkedIn. I'll put it in the show notes. It'll be fun and together we'll empower some dads. And of course, if you know someone who regularly books keynote speakers, please do not hesitate to share this info with them. Thanks for the support. Right, without any further ado, here is Eric. Please enjoy and thanks for listening. Ciao. Eric, I'm super stoked to have you on. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me, Philip. I really appreciate it. Thanks. So I'll just give a very brief uh, overview of what I remember from our last session and then maybe you can give an intro about yourself. Uh, you're a stepdad, as you said uh, in your own advice to yourself, which I find a very interesting and unique, um, I should say, role or position in the family matrix, right? Um, for various reasons. So we'll get into that. You're married for six years. Uh, sorry, you were married for six years and then you met someone else and she had a seven-year-old son. Um, Correct. That's just what I took down here. And so uh, she shared the custody with the son and you became the stepdad. And now he's 12 and uh, he doesn't call you dad, but he calls you by his first name. That's, yes. uh, that I found that interesting. Um, yeah, and then you shared some challenges and, and interesting stuff and we'll probably get into that. I know that you used to be a photographer business-wise and when the right. digital era came, you started, uh, you said, okay, this is now time to change and you started... Well, actually, you bought a business, if I remember correctly. Correct. Do you want to give us a give us a one minute intro about business, so we got it out of the way, because we're both in entrepreneurs' organization, so it is a big part of us. And then we go straight to um, Eric, the stepdad. Sure. So uh, in 2010, I acquired uh, Damatech. It's the largest rack safety company in North America. So we we give services related to engineering services and repair services related to warehouse racking uh, with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. okay, and so. the, approach is, the approach is a consultative one. So we look at being partners with these companies and servicing them on the engineering side, on, this, on the uh, repair side, on the safety side, and being able to uh, accompany them so that their operations are the least affected by uh, the, the the conditions of their racking systems. Yeah, I put the link in the show notes because I know that um, many of the e-commerce companies have 10x that uh, in South Africa, but also in the States or more. And there are many listeners from the States. So if whoever's interested can just check it out. I'll also put your LinkedIn. Shall we move over to the dad? Sorry. Sure. sure. In your case, stepdad. 
just share, maybe you can start with your own um, upbringing and your father and how that was. And then we, we move on from there in, in history. So, uh, so I was born in, in Lebanon and uh, my childhood was a very happy childhood at home and uh, and uh, it was just affected by the ravages of war so essentially when i turned 11 i believe i was uh, we left uh, lebanon several times because uh, my father used to work for companies that uh, outside of lebanon and so he used to travel a lot and travel became really difficult so we used to leave Uh, and go and live elsewhere. So I lived in Holland, lived in uh, Cyprus, and uh, I came and then studied in the U.S. Uh, when I was uh, 16, and then again when I was 18. Okay. And do you rem remember the war? I mean, obviously remember the war. How was it as a child? Yes, so, so of course uh, my parents did uh, a fantastic job of trying to shield us from being scarred by, you know, uh, the fact that we lived in a somewhat dangerous uh, environment. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I have memories of uh, people getting injured or hurt or, or us having to go into a shelter several times, uh, of us missing school, of us uh, going to school in somebody's house as opposed to the real school, uh, things like that, uh, that were... Uh, Uh, somewhat uh, unusual for uh, for a young child to go through but uh, but like i said i mean my parents were always very reassuring very present and and so we uh, we survived uh, uh, we we survived well let's just say and uh, yeah. and uh, and better than a lot of uh, cases where people were not so lucky without major psychological scars uh, effects yeah. yes But just out of interest, like because you know the culture and you know the communities there, um, how does it affect families in our context? So, I mean, the war in Lebanon has gone on for how long? A long time, Decades. and and it's a it, it's it's taken many many forms and shapes and uh, mm -hmm. and different uh, parties having different influence, and unfortunately, it's still going on uh, today in a, in a certain form. And, uh, and so what it does, uh, I find, is that it ends up splitting up families uh, very frequently because fathers have to leave mm -hmm. to go somewhere else to be able to provide for their family. So you have a lot of people that uh, where the kids and the mother live in Lebanon and the, the father lives outside of Lebanon, provides for the family Uh, and uh, and, uh, and and so, or sends money back or comes back uh, to to see his family, so mm. it's and it uh, it creates situations of of stress because you don't have the governmental support that you do in a stable country and uh, and an ability to provide in a in a safe and and uh, stable environment. Yeah, yeah. So it, what what you're saying is what I hear. It actually creates a fatherlessness. That's excessive versus a more stable society, and and that obviously has huge impacts on family and the community. Yes. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, on the positive side, what I could say is uh, the Lebanese people in general are extremely resilient, and mm. and the family unit is a very very strong one, and so people uh, people find ways of of uh, of sort of recreating their family environment. Um, With the uh, with close a uh, close uh, family brothers sisters uh, cousins uh, parents grandparents so it's a very uh, close knit community in terms of uh, the family unit. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's a similar to Mediterranean or so, from a, from a family perspective. Like family is the most important. It's 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 above everything in the sense that. You know, my wife's from Italy, so it's always family, always e food. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the same in Lebanon, food is uh, is a yeah, huge part of, <laughs> of the equation. <laughs> yeah, but you have good food. Okay, yeah, and is. so then you studied in Europe um, and in elsewhere, the US, and then you went in the US, to the US, sorry. and then you yeah. got went to live in the US, or did you go straight to Canada? Or how I went go? straight to Canada. I came and joined my parents who were looking for okay. uh, uh, an opportunity for us to have a better life uh, outside of Lebanon. 
And mm-hmm. so they established themselves here in Montreal, and uh, I came here to join them and uh, started. Uh, I had a, a heavy interest in photography, and so I started working in photography, and I did that for about 20 years before wow. acquiring uh, Damotech in about uh, uh, around 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, just for context, I know it, but for the listeners, you didn't have children uh, before or in, or you don't have children uh, I do not right and now you're a stepdad so what is your view on that I can tell you a, d- a difficulty that I see from the outside and I know one or two of these cases I find it extremely scary to become a stepfather where effectively you be- you take over the role of the dad but in the house, but you have no rights, so to speak, as a father, right? So I know a friend of mine, for instance, he effectively became the dad of his new partner, and then they split up pretty quickly. I think they were together for two or three years or something, but ultimately he had assumed the role of the dad. Um, so he lost the partner and the boy, and they got along extremely well. And I know another one of, actually I know two more of those cases, Okay. What goes through your mind when I say this? Is, does it, is so, that on your mind? So I should say, I guess I could start by telling you, Philip, that uh, uh, the name of my stepson is Francois. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so Francois, I affectionately call him Frank. So, uh, uh, so uh, Frank's dad is very much present in his, in his mm-hmm. life. And, and Cleo and I have split custody of, of uh, Francois. So he spends okay. a week at his father, a week at, uh, at our place. And of course, at the beginning, it was a major adaptation for me to have uh, a young, uh, let's say, individual or human being that, uh, that would show up uh, one week out of two and uh, to a certain extent control uh, control our our life to, uh, in in a way because uh, essentially your your activity becomes revolves around the, that child if you want to provide uh, uh, for him and and uh, and uh, and spend time with him and educate and teach and and, and learn and grow and so uh, so it's uh, it's very daunting at the beginning because as you said you're you're trying to to be uh, to have a relationship with this uh, child who's not your son and uh, at the same time you're uh, you have no authority in the sense that you're not making uh, the uh, uh, major decisions uh, as it pertains to his education or his way of uh, of uh, of being uh, as opposed to being uh, a de facto dad yeah yeah and i wrote this down the last time you said you asked you. You told me the sentence: "How do I become part of this child's life without alienating the father?" Um, but still, you know, in a sense, we have to become a family because you—that's what you need to do. And I think that's that's a big challenge. Can you talk uh, around that? Sure. So, so for me, my 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 approach was at the very beginning of the, of the of of my relationship with Francois was to just be his friend. Uh, not to take any decisions whatsoever. Uh, if I had a, an observation or or a comment or something, I would go through Cleo, his mother, and uh, and that was how I approached uh, the the our relationship. So a lot of times, I uh, as they say, I had to bite my tongue, meaning I will I wanted to tell him things, but uh, but I didn't, and uh, just because for the sake of us. Uh, getting, uh, developing a friendship really and, and trust. And so yeah. I was interested in what he was interested in. And uh, I tried to take interest in his sports and his activities and uh, having interesting conversations. And I let him be, I, uh, sort of, uh, gave him his space and, uh, and, uh, and we became, uh, friends over time. Yeah. First. I had a very interesting, um, conversation with, uh, Richard Mulholland. Do you know Rich? I don't. EO. Yeah, he's super interesting. He runs a company called Missing Link, in presentation powerhouse, and he does public speaking. And he is also well. He's divorced, so it's a little bit different. He's divorced, and he his so his new wife is the stepmom. So it was a little bit the perspective from the other side of the uh, of the parent. Um, and he loved the one week on one week off 
situation because he said, I get to live a partnership without kids, you know, the one week with my wife and we do adult stuff and kind of a, it's not a bachelor life because he has a partner, but like, you know, just yeah. the two of us. And then yeah. the next uh, week it's with kids. And so sure. <laughs> best of both worlds. And, and I, I really like that. Although I would be struggling to not see my kids for a week. So, um, so, so that, so it's the same for us. We, uh, we are busy as a couple on, uh, for one week and, uh, and busy as parents, uh, the next week. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and we've set up our schedule and our life around that. So, uh, uh Cleo, who is, a um, hyper growth coach, um, uh, does the gazelle methodology scaling up. And, uh, and so, um, uh, she uh, schedules a lot of complex uh, meetings on the weeks where Francois is not with us yeah. so that she could be a more devoted mom when Francois is with us. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah. So, and yeah. the same for me, I'm uh, sensitive to the fact that he's with us or not with us and try to plan things accordingly. And it really, it really works out well. And, uh, and it makes the time that you spend together uh, that much more intense. And can you share a bit um, how you managed to have a a good or at least civil or professional, I don't know how, how you refer to it, relationship with a father? Because you have to have that, right? You, it damages sure. the child, firstly, if, if both parties um, struggle with each other. Sure. Or can, it can damage the child. So how did you go about that from your experience here? So, so yeah, absolutely. So, so at the, uh, so the same, the same principle as with, uh, with Francois at the beginning, I let the, the father have all the space that he, that he needed. He was, uh, he, I let the Cleo uh, manage the relationship with, uh, with uh, Francois's dad. And, uh, and then, uh, little by little, I, uh, I would see him when we would switch over, uh, every Friday. And, uh, and I would have a small uh, conversation here or there. Uh, I cannot say that we have uh, this uh, uh, super friendly, uh, it's, it's a friendly relationship, but it's not a close relationship or anything like okay. that. And it's, yeah. uh, it's really, and the, the, what I found very important in my case is to not um, uh, disparage uh, Francois's father because he, uh, of course, he loves his father and he, and he uh, and his father is very present in his life, and he's a good father. So, so I I, uh, I did not want to uh, replace him or uh, take some of his glory at all. So I was very, as I'm always very supportive of when Francois wants to do something with his dad or or um, uh, live out uh, his childhood with his father. I, I have uh, zero problem with that. That I yeah. I, I I do re realize that. I have a distinct role uh, to play, and it's uh, uh, more one of support and of of encouragement uh, than it is of uh, of fatherhood. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Richard also said. Uh, if the relationships are good, so to speak, that people don't disparage uh, each other or each other's relationships or setups, then it can actually be very beneficial to to the child. So, for instance, his counterpart. So the uh, stepdad, so his, his ex-wife's new husband mm. is the total opposite of Richard. He would sit on the, he's very, well, Richard is physical, but he does like endurance sports. So he would sit for eight hours on the bike, uh, cycling race bikes. And Richard doesn't do that, but his son loves it. So his son gets to do that through the stepdad. And that's amazing because Richard's like, wow, you know, that's it's four parents, um, Working for and with the kids, and and you know I don't have to do it, and it's it's great for the son. So I think that's a very positive uh, way to look at things. Exactly, and for us, for us, it's uh, it's very much like that. So our lifestyle mm -hmm. is quite different from his uh, father's lifestyle, and so so he ends up experiencing two different worlds uh, uh, with us. We are both entrepreneurs. We uh, I share with him. A lot of what I'm doing at work, the challenges that I have, the uh, uh, the um, uh, 
uh, all the, the 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 life of an entrepreneur really the highs the lows the the, the struggles the the stories the successes uh, everything and and it's an yeah. open book <laughs> and and so yeah. is Cleo and uh, and so it's uh, it makes it very interesting we have very interesting conversations and I know that it has influence because this summer at the age of 12 he did, he came to us and he said I want to start a business and so we looked at him like what do you want to do and he's like I want to cut grass and we said, okay, great. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, talk about this. And so we discussed it, of course, the three of us. And we ended up uh, setting him up uh, to uh, to run uh, a grass cutting business with his best friend. And so they had twelve clients this summer, and uh, no they uh, they uh, they would go uh, and uh, and cut the grass. And he started living the experience so he came so so when when he came to me i said look i'm going to support you if you were 20 and asking me for a um, a lawnmower i'd tell you here's the money i'm loaning you the money but because you're 12 and i'm so proud that you want to do this i'm going to buy it for you so i bought him the equipment and i uh, and i uh, we we decided together that it would be all ecological so it's all electric so he's got a weed eater, a snowblower, and uh, sorry, not a snowblower, but a blower, leaf blower, yeah, yeah. and uh, and the uh, and the the, the 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 lawnmower. And he goes from house to house, and he uh, he cuts the grass, and then he gives he gives uh, a dollar uh, per uh, per time that he cuts the grass to the reforestation of Quebec. And so, wow. so, so his That's clients, so awesome. yeah, so his clients loved <laughs> it cool. and, uh, and he was, uh, super excited to do it and, uh, and they did really well this summer. And, uh, and of course he got all the problems of an entrepreneur. So, yeah. so somebody would call him, would tell him, look, Francois, I want you to cut the grass three inches high. He'd be like looking at me, like, how do I know what, how to cut the grass <laughs> at three inches high? And then. <laughs> Sometimes he tell but me, but only look, in the back uh, section. In the front, it must be a little bit shorter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, I changed my mind. Oh, it's already cut. <laughs> so and then he had he had things like sometimes I write uh, emails or texts to my clients, and they uh, they respond to me very uh, sort of curt or short. And uh, he goes, some people are they don't respond so nicely. I go, welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. It's yeah. uh, you've got uh, challenges, you know. And, yeah. he grew, and then it's raining; he, they can't go. Whatever, oh, all the yeah. scheduling. Yeah. yeah. So he grew a lot from uh, he grew a lot through the process, you know. And sometimes he was mm -hmm. available. Sometimes his partner was not available. Sometimes so they they also discovered each other. So it was really uh, like a micro uh, micro uh, version of a of a real uh, sort of operation and uh, huge growth like he he just just this summer alone i felt that he like grew by three four years it was really really wow. interesting yeah so, wait for it next summer they're going to leverage the seven-year-olds in their business we pay you half right. and <laughs> take twice the business <laughs> and so. did he work so it's i find it amazing that they give portions of their earnings to reforestation or in in that field yeah. we talked about it in the beginning yes um yeah. you know the hyper emphasis on corona takes away on the actual, well, the, takes away the focus or the, the the mind from the actual problems, which is, for instance, the environment. Yeah. And do you are they working towards a goal? So that they say, okay, we want to achieve something that we want to buy or a trip or Correct. something. Correct. So he wanted to. He wanted his goal was to buy a, a computer tower for gaming. Okay. And oh, so it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a lot of grass. So that was the that was the goal, and so uh, so he's working towards that. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I'm stoked. I hope. Uh, what are they going to do in the winter? Are they going to um, do the same with snow? No, because uh, uh, removing snow is substantially harder, and also yeah. you need a lot more equipment. And here it snows a lot. It's not like uh, yeah. you know two centimeters yeah, or anything. And uh, but but they also. Um, they have, I mean, he has full-time school and he plays hockey, uh, mm. uh at school and at the, uh, with the city. So it'll be, uh, he has a pretty intense uh, schedule. He started, ju just started high school. Are they, um, stopping the games and things like that for Corona now? So at they are, the so, the, so, so at school he has, a he's part of a, of a, of the school pro the hockey school program. So that continues mm -hmm. with a lot of, uh, Sort of bubbles and taking care of uh, making sure that every, the team is well protected. The, the playing for the city has uh, has stopped. It's it's forbidden for now. 
Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to another dad today in Germany and his son basically wants to win an Olympic medal in hockey. And so the last four years, he de de basically dedicated his life, I think he's 16 wow. or something like that, to um, make the German national team. And you know, like if you want to be a professional athlete, you work for four years to peak and you can't just peak the next year again just because, you know, you, it's literally like a program. I mean, he changed schools. He has to go, go on a train for 40 minutes instead of like the school next door kind of thing. He changed friends and well, he didn't change friends, but you know, it, it yeah. kind of comes with leaving school that you're at. Um, and then Corona came and they canceled everything and he's super bummed, you know, he's like, <laughs> don't want to, he doesn't feel like going to school anymore or anything. And I, I think for the kids, it can be super difficult, man. What's oh, going for like, sure. Even more I difficult. Mean, And yeah. uh, Francois went to a public school last year and the public school in March just closed. And he mm. was very lucky because he had taken already all his exams uh, for the government uh, to be admitted to high school and all that stuff. So, so it worked out for him. But for basically from March to September of this year, he, he, didn't, he didn't go to school. He was like at home. And uh, wow. it was, yeah, so that, that's a long time. Yeah, we had three months uh, hard lockdown in South Africa. So from, I think, the 27th of March. And I we, we did a lockdown two weeks earlier already. So we locked ourselves down because of the uncertainty. So we were like, okay, because we can, let's just lock down. You know, my brother lives in China. So I saw the first wave there. And he was in home office. He worked at BMW. Like, I, I can't remember. And end, end of January or something, was it? Yeah. February? Can't remember. And so, I, you know, he was like, just just do that because it's definitely going to come here anyways. And uh, we had four three-year-olds because the, we moved a nanny in. She has a three-year-old son. Wow. <laughs> so we were four three-year-olds and two four-and-a-half-year-olds throughout the whole of lockdown, three months. <laughs> It was quite interesting. Wow. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, talk a little bit more about has your how has your upbringing or let's say your culture how has it influenced you as the man in the in the father figure or fatherish role however you want to label it this label yeah. is always difficult but you are you are a father figure in in your household how has it influenced you in that and can you compare it to cultural differences in the US or Canada specifically sure. so so um Of course, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I've, I've lived most of my life in Canada, but mm -hmm. uh, I still have a lot of Lebanese in me and uh, mostly Lebanese habits related to family, to uh, um, hospitality, uh, generosity, uh, uh, French, uh, uh, friendship values, which are really, really strong. I, I went from, a, uh, I uh, went to a school Uh, in Lebanon, where uh, that was a very uh, sort of close-knit uh, group with a close-knit group of friends who are still uh, some of my best friends today. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so, and we have like, uh, we have WhatsApp groups and, uh, and we talk uh, regularly. And so, um, so friendship for me is extremely important. And, and so I've tried to, uh, to, uh, Uh, give that uh, those values to Francois. So he sees me talking to my friends. They come and visit uh, when they can. I go and visit them when we can. Uh, and so it's a very that that aspect of of my life. I've uh, I share uh, very intently with Francois, so that he um, sort of is uh, you know. G g takes these values and, uh, and, and lives them. And he does, he's, uh, he's a very uh, emotionally intelligent child. And so he does uh, understand the value of it. And he's, his friendships with his friends are, are great. And he picks good friends, uh, nice, nice, uh, nice boys. Um, and, uh, and so he's, uh, 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 th that's really important to me. And the other aspect is, of course, the food. And so, uh, so I do uh, bring um, a lot of uh, Lebanese traditions into the household. And um, uh, he uh, very often will share a, a good dish with me. 
uh, Lebanese dishes, and it makes me really happy. And uh, and so I find that this uh, international influence uh, that I have, because we're uh, Cleo and I are heavy travelers, and we like to we like to 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 travel and visit and go all over the world, and and we're constantly exposing him to those cultures. So uh, so that I would say is uh, is what I bring to the table uh, most often. Yeah, from your culture, that's that's very interesting, and I can well yeah. imagine it again yeah. from that kind of. I know it's kind of similar from the Mediterranean, and I've yeah. also traveled extensively. And um, I want to come Philip, back to if the. I, if yeah, I may, sorry, sorry, if I may, just add one more thing. Uh, they teach me a lot as well because Cleo yeah. and Francois are. Uh, Cleo is half Italian, half French Canadian. And so, okay. so it's a big, uh, it's a big mix of, uh, of, uh, uh, of cultures. And, uh, and so, and Francois, of course, I mean, he goes to school here. His friends are French Canadian for the most part. So it's, uh, so I learn a lot from them. They joke about my accent. They joke about my, my habits sometimes, uh, my, uh, Lebanese uh, reflexes sometimes. <laughs> so I, I, uh, we have a good time with that. And the cultural difference is embraced as opposed to being, uh, sort of disparaged. Yeah. 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 No, you have to, I mean, there's no, um, there's no value attached to my question. It's just out of interest. Like, yeah. There are differences, and 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 some stuff will be better, and some stuff won't be. But overall, it's to embrace all cultures. Yeah, mm. I want to come back to the stepfather role. So, do you think? I mean, you can only see this from your own perspective. But do you think it's more difficult as a stepfather to have an influence? In a you explained how you started the relationship, and that you were very careful and taking yourself back and not trying to um, overpower the situation. But ultimately, obviously, you do have a say in yes. in the household, right? And so do you think it's much more difficult to have an influence um, or to discipline a child or do you at all? Or what's your stance on that as a stepfather? So for sure, it's more difficult than, than, than a father because you, you, the, one, the child is somewhat aware that you're not his dad. Uh, in yep. the sense that he has a dad that disciplines him uh, when it's needed, and and uh, and I am uh, uh, I am like this uh, additional sort of uh, stepdad, if you want, in the in the equation, or second dad, if you want. And so so for me, it took me a long time to start sort of uh, 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 influencing. Uh, uh, the, uh, the his education in the in the sense of uh, it's not polite to do this. It's more polite to do that. It's this or that. Please don't do that. Uh, this is dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, you should be careful with this. You should, uh, you know. And then and then to be so I was I tried to be more of a teacher of of positive uh, sort of uh, things as opposed to uh, um, to uh, doing discipline. But uh, yeah. but uh, but today, if something bothers me, or I find that he's not doing something right, or uh, or uh, or I feel that there's a there's a, an opportunity for me to 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 have uh, to educate or to to give uh, positive feedback, then today I help myself uh, no problem because yeah. the, the trust relationship is already established, and yeah. I think that that over time he will grow to appreciate. Uh, even more uh, my presence because I can uh, I am uh, very supportive of his endeavors. So whatever yeah. it is that he wants to do, I am there. I encourage. I I want him to learn new things, new sports, new. And that's why I said that uh, that the I embrace the difference in our journeys because I find that as an entrepreneur. Uh, you have uh, a lot of uh, you have uh, you know a lot of influence with your employees. You generally are the 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 ultimate decision maker inside the company. But it's uh, but uh, and and so my temptation, of course, would be to say, okay, for Francois, this would be better, and that would be better, and this is how it should be done, and this is how it should be mm -hmm. done. But I'm nor his dad, nor do I want to stifle his own sort of individuality and personality. So I try to leave him, give him as much space as I can. 
but when there are opportunities for me to to sort of interject uh, where I think it's appropriate, and uh, I, I'll, I today I have no problem doing it. Uh, yeah. And if if the subject is is serious enough, then I'll go through Clio still. Then you go through Clio. I think yeah. it's a very wise uh, stance that you've taken because, at a, in a sense, of course you're at at risk, right? Because you, what you have to avoid, or what I get from you, and and or what I feel intuitively is, as a stepdad, you obviously have to avoid that you suddenly become just the new partner of the mother from the child's right. perspective. Because yes. then you're just a new partner, you know. You don't. You can't tell me anything. You're not my dad. Correct. And, and that that really sucks. So it, you have to work. That's what I find so interesting. Also, because you have to work with empathy, with support, with much more. You have to tread much more carefully, I guess, because it's easier for you to get fired, right? The it is. Parents also, can also get fired. Yeah. It's uh, that's a good way of putting it. It's easier for me to get fired for sure, and yeah. and and also the the uh, the other part is that uh, I don't want to be the partner of his mother. I want to be. Yeah. I want to have my own relationship with him, yeah. and so so for that I have to work at it, uh, just like I work at having a relationship with his mother, and yeah. so it's uh, so for me. It's an embrace of of both of them, and they have they have distinctions. You know, they have differences. And for instance, I'll give you an example. We uh, for Christmas this year we bought him a ping pong table, and so sometimes after dinner uh, we'll be sitting there, and I'll go. Uh, we so we have a code. We just call it ping. So I go I go ping, and he's like okay. Then we go into we go over to the yeah. ping pong table and we play. Nice. And while we're playing, it's just conversation. And he asks me about, you know, when I was a child, uh, when did I love first? When did I, uh, you know, kiss a girl first? When did I do this first? When, uh, how did mm -hmm. this, how did this friend, why would they, why is, I mean, life, life, general life questions, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, so I develop, I develop my friendship and my relationship with him while we're playing ping pong. And uh, and I'm still uh, I'm still unbeaten, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but we <laughs> so you still don't play. Let him win. It, was my... it yeah. won't be long. It won't be long before he uh, he he's able to beat me. But uh, so far, I'm I'm still holding strong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very powerful, and I find it really uplifting and positive. And and I know this. This is what I, the sense I read out to you earlier that you told me um, without alienating the father, but still become a family. So that inherently means. You want the whole unit to be one family. You don't just want to be the partner of the mother. And, and, and it also means that you need to embrace the idea that the child, Frank, chooses you as a father figure. And, and, and that's so powerful. Because I think many dads and moms, and we all can learn from that experience, share so much yeah. because it's a, it's a dad by choice, right? Uh, correct. Especially and if the child isn't one or two where, where he or she is totally dependent and can't make a distinction anyways. Seven or twelve is quite old. Like, when did you kiss the first girl? That's quite an old question, right? <laughs> you know, that's very powerful. Just, just share some more of your experience as a, as a stepdad and this whole family so, setup. So, so for me, I would tell you um, that when we plan, like when we plan vacations and things like that, I'm really, I'm really sort of happy when he's, when uh, when Francois is uh, is with us. And we're uh, we're the three of us going somewhere, or uh, and uh, and uh, it, it feels like a family, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and that and I have a close relationship with him, and I have a close relationship with his mother, which is fantastic. And so, so I I, I try as much as I can to uh, sort of uh, uh, be an influence for change, for positive uh, feedback. And for him to grow, so I keep uh, sort of sharing dreams that I have. I keep sharing, uh, asking him about his dreams, and I try to sort of influence where I can uh, positively uh, his his behavior. He's a he's an exceptional student. He's very very good at school, and so uh, so I so that part makes it somewhat easier that that we don't have to sort of discipline him to worry yeah. about about school, yeah. you know? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. if he acts out in his situation, it will be much more difficult. Yeah. Correct. So, so, so the fact that he's uh, a good student, 
uh, allows you to be sort of uh, a bit more, um, uh, you have a bit more freedom of maneuver, let's just say, uh, with the yeah. other things in his life in order for, uh, uh, for, for us to, uh, one, have a good time uh, together. Uh, there are n- no major problems uh, as a child. And, uh, and so it makes the relationship much, much smoother and uh, and I, I try to constantly work on that uh, on that principle is to try mm-hmm. to, to stay close to him to to, uh, to to understand what he what he's uh, going through what he wants and and I encourage uh, all all I try to encourage all his endeavors. Yeah, I read some article uh, from Harvard Institute the other day. I put it in the show notes. It's uh, it talks about. The fact that families, it doesn't matter how families are made up. Um, you know, they look at families from same-sex couples, um, adoption. Uh, they even looked as far as IVF, uh, induced pregnancies or not, uh, step-parent setups and etc. Families um, thrive when the culture in the family is embracing uh, also of differences or anything really and understanding and, and, and embraces, like you said, different cultures and that. And it also depends on the society or the surroundings, the community the family sits in if you want. That's really the only thing that's important. Um, because in the past, people would say like, you know, if a, if a child grows up in a so-called patchwork family, it's much more difficult for the child. Um, but that's not true. Yeah, adoption is a big topic obviously that's yeah. not true you know families can just be as successful sometimes even more i put in show it's very very interesting harvard yeah. for, for long running since 1970 um super interesting it's very interesting and also philip i mean from our perspective we we always say like especially cleo she mentions it often she's like she's very happy because francois is exposed to two different uh, uh, lifestyles, you know, he lives with us, uh, two busy entrepreneurs and, uh, have a million projects going on at the same time. And, uh, and, uh, we're going at, uh, you know, million miles an hour. Whereas, uh, at his dad, it's a mid, uh, it's, a it's a bit more, uh, the, the pace is a bit slower. Uh, he mm. has uh, two sister, two stepsisters there. So he has a different, completely different dynamic. Ah, okay. And, uh, and so, uh, so it's, uh, so, so we're happy about that. And, uh, and, and, and we are, uh, we also, uh, encourage Francois to sort of live the, in these two, in these two different environments, if you want. And yeah. so, so I, I, that, yeah. yeah, sorry, 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 you go. Uh, and uh, so that he can, so that he can experience uh, a lot of different things in life, and uh, and he uh, then can recognize them and adapt to them as he's growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super interesting. I want to hear about that if if you can share about the setup on the other side, because Francois is obviously in that. But I found the quote here that I found so interesting because I actually sent it to my wife from the article, and it says, uh, "What matters most for children is not the makeup of a family." What matters most is the quality of relationships within it, the support of their wider community and the attitudes of the society in which they live. So in other words, if the society in which you live embraces your setup, it's fine. If the child is singled out because, let's say, both partners are same sex uh, and the child has a disadvantage in society or, for instance, my children are black, so for me that's very interesting. I'm white and so is my wife. Mm-hmm. Um in a sense, you are dependent on the on the society around you or the wider community to accept your situation because you can't always control the child's or the children's experience in every situation, right? That's super interesting. Yeah, and I totally totally agree. And so, yeah. so yeah, so I mean, uh, for us, uh, uh, like I said, luckily Francois is uh, is. Uh, uh, very well adjusted to the fact that he has two homes and they're yeah. sli- slightly different. And uh, in our house, he's a- an only child. In the uh, in the other house, he has two yeah. stepsisters. Yeah, true. And uh, and so he's the third the third child in the pecking order. Uh, he's uh, uh, and so it's a uh, for him it's a different uh, sort of environment to which he has to adjust every week. 
and and how how does he how does he deal with that? Does he um, talk about that that he's in the pecking order, the third one in the yeah? Does he? Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't necessarily have directly that conversation, but but you you see from his behavior sometimes and from from his comments that that you could tell that over there there's a bit uh, there's attention to three people as opposed yeah. to at our place there's attention to one uh, one sort of uh, child. And we we are we are mindful of that because we also don't want him to to sort of take advantage of the fact that he he gets uh, a lot more attention at our at our house because he's the only yeah. child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what <laughs> you mean. I mean, he doesn't get more attention, but I guess more individualized attention. Uh, cor correct. Yes. Yeah. I I struggle with. Um, in my own situation with actually making one-to-one -one dates happen. So I put it in my calendar. I schedule everything. I schedule 100% of my time, family, yeah. business, self, and community. And um, I really struggle with taking a single child out of the group because my kids are almost the same age, all of them, right? Three and a yes. half and five is not much difference. <laughs> and take one child and do something for two hours. It's very yes. difficult because if, yeah. if I do that... Um, Every child wants to come with, and it's a big right. drama, especially at that age, right? That's yes. really kind of like reason. Like we all all want to go, right? And um, so I think he has the best of both worlds, really. In, he does. in that sense, he's he's got and he's got a great relationship with his sisters and uh, and uh, and with his father and uh, mm. and his father's girlfriend. So I think uh, uh, that's why it's uh, it it feels fairly balanced, and uh, and so we've uh, we've. It's it's really uh, I believe worked out worked out for the best uh, in in the in this situation. How old are the sisters over there? Stepsisters? So I believe one is uh, close to twenty, and the other one okay. is uh, maybe seventeen. Okay, so they, she at least the older one is significantly older. I mean, twelve and seventeen is also much older. Yes, but he also he has he has close relationship with them, and he uh, he also gets to see what uh, teenage years look like before mm. or or life looks like before he gets there, which is also yeah. helpful. So when when things happen to him, he's not sort of um, at his first sort of view of of what life looks like at that age. He's seen it with two other people before him. So it's kind yeah. of interesting that it makes him more mature. The conversations around the table are more, more, more uh, um, adult-like, and uh, mm -hmm. and so he's always been exposed to absolutely everything from the uh, from from a young age, and uh, and that makes our conversations uh, that much more interesting. Yeah. And, oh, and well this, done, man. Sorry, you go. I, well done. I think you. Yeah. What I hear is you guys really managed to turn a often or potentially difficult situation into something very positive uh, yeah. within the context. So uh, they, I mean, we we actually we only discuss positive uh, results from the whole situation. So correct, far, and that's really really nice. Yeah, and and for us it's been that, and I have to give a lot of credit to Cleo because she's the sort of the 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 dri the driver in all of this, and <laughs> and and she really. Uh, has this very very open relationship with Francois. She surprises me sometimes. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a land uh, next door to us. There was a, a somebody that committed suicide there, and mm. uh, and uh, she, uh, she, I I would have chosen to shield Francois from it because he's 12, and uh, but she decided that that it was uh, it was uh, better to tell him, and so she she. She went right ahead and told him, and he took it super naturally. Understood, he was upset uh, by it, but he understood. And uh, and I found it so. Uh, at, at, at the outcome I found was extremely positive and powerful because this child is being exposed to 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 all kinds of uh, subjects that are uh, somewhat uh, difficult to deal with sometimes and uh, and adult like. And uh, and his his whole processing over time is uh, is uh, keeps getting uh, better because he's being exposed to more and more uh, things uh, from a young age.
And so yeah. it's how you bring it to the table and how you tell uh, a child that something this dramatic has occurred uh, is really the life lesson here. And, uh, and I find that uh, super powerful. Yeah, I agree. I spoke to a dad yesterday um, who has a son who has a Down syndrome. Yeah. But also two other sons. And we mainly spoke about how it affects the whole family. Um, but on that, on the point of shielding children, he said he doesn't shield any of his uh, children from challenges in life. And it includes a son with. Um, Down syndrome. He's there to hold them and to love them and to help them when something fails, but he doesn't want to shield them and 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 be their hero in the sense that he had different better words for it. But it ultimately what I remember is that you know your kids grow with with the challenges and it's better to have to let them have them and not rescue them all the time. And I think yeah, that makes I, a lot of sense. And this is what you're saying also. Absolutely. It's uh we live in a in an age of uh, sort of uh, uh, one protecting children, two is instant gratification for the children, mm -hmm. and so uh, that's why I don't let him win at ping pong. Is my my <laughs> my goal yeah. is for him to not uh, not want to just uh, three minutes in uh, be like a champion, or for me to congratulate him for being a champion. You yeah. have to work at it, and then he'll have a rite of passage one day when he when he beats me, and uh, he'll be better than me. Yeah, but he will. I mean, he's he's already running his own grass cutting <laughs> business, and I'm sure they'll come up with a different business during winter yes. so that they can buy the tower sooner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool, man. Eric, we had time. So, hey, thank, thank you. you so much for sitting with me. This was super inspirational for me, and I wish you all the best and, and good luck. Thank you very much, Philip. I really appreciate it. And I uh, want to commend you and congratulate you for uh, for doing this podcast. It's really uh, quite inspiring. And, uh, and, um, and it's, a, it's a great testament to the father that you are. Thank you, Eric. Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked this session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.